instead of uh, instead of movies or TV, we're going to start talking about life experiences, various topics. Uh, this is going to be you know uh, uh, the conversation that we're going to do from from now on. So we, th- we thought it would be a good idea because we both had I think unique experiences for where we are in life. I mean, mo- uh, and my story is not as extreme as Rob's, but most of the people I grew up with, you know, their parents didn't have college degrees; um, they weren't anywhere near. Uh, rich or elite or connected to politics or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, we ha- I think we have some interesting uh, experiences to share with the world. Um, so, yeah, Rob, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I think that's – yeah, that sounds right. I mean, one thing that came to mind is just like how many people um, either get like, you know, sort of – it's very like if you grew up the way that that I grew up, or maybe the way that you grew up, it's very actually difficult to sort of seamlessly be able to communicate ideas in a certain. Like, I just think you just have like maybe less tolerance for bullshit, right? Like, because I don't know if you saw what happened with Roland Fryer at Harvard. One thing that I found very interesting about that case was that he actually did grow up. I think he was raised by a single dad, and he actually, you know, my understanding was like he didn't fit in very well with like the black pr- professoriate at Harvard because all of them did come from sort of upper upper middle class backgrounds, and he would speak and communicate in a way that someone the way that he grew up did, and that was sort of one reason among others supposedly for why they didn't like him very much. And I just wonder if this is actually kind of a pattern that, you know, you grew up the way that we grew up. You know, you just you know, you, you speak more freely, you're a bit more open and people get uncomfortable around it or they feel like, um, you know, th- th- that in itself is a sort of a, a class indicator, I think, of just, yeah. you know, yeah. the willingness to speak your mind. Yeah, well, the focus here was going to be race and class, but I think, you know, let's just follow this thread a little bit because it's interesting and we'll see where this uh, takes us. Uh, because... Yeah, I think that's right. One of the things I noticed in academia, like the way they, yeah, the way they communicate is extremely feminine. So like whenever like <laughs> someone sends you an email in academia, you ever notice they go, hi, Rob, comma. And like, it's like, mm-hmm. then like they take like two sentences to get to the point. Like, oh yeah, you know, and it's a good blah, blah, blah. And then they think, and then it's like, thanks. And then like, I don't, I never, I never signed emails and I never wrote an extra, I write you an email. I don't say, hi, Rob, comma, space. Like we're, you know, we're like, we're just, I don't know, like we're formal, like diplomats or something, right? I'm just sending you <laughs> messages. Like, and, and, is that feminine? Just, I don't like, think, is that, now I feel called out. I, I mean, I do that, but I think I just do that because it's, when I learned, oh, no, 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 you know why I do that is because, so I was in the military and they teach us to do that. It's, um. You don't say, uh, yeah, you say hello, or you, you have like the salutation and then the title and the person. So I was used to sending emails that way. And then I just sort of adapted to the academic. Is that, I don't think that's feminine to just say hi. So, I think dear is kind of, I see dear sometimes and that's a little too much for me, but the hi so-and-so dear. and then like having a sign off, I think that's fine. Like that's normal, mm. right? Like I don't if that, One thing that I find feminine is the exclamation mark. If I say hi, Richard, exclamation that's like a very like too many exclamation no, marks. Is feminine. Do that. The men don't do that. I don't, I don't find men don't do that. But, but female feminine. academics like to use exclamation. At least the younger ones. The younger female academics love exclamation yeah. marks. Or even the yeah okay. Well, I, I don't know. I, I find it's like I've been complained about that. I my communications are brusque, and just because I you know I don't get the pad the padding. It's like just say what you want to say to the other person. Right. It's not a necessarily a feminine thing. I guess they do that in the military too. So formality is not necessarily feminine, right? That's not the environment. I don't know. It's just something, I guess maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is orthogonal, this feminine, masculine versus formal, informal, because you talk to people in like, you have friends in like, 
business, especially like Silicon Valley types, like people who like went and created their own, you know, software company, uh, they communicate more like, you know, I naturally communicate, which is just, you know, sending people, um, you know, just getting straight to the point. Um, so maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is an autistic kind of, kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's someone that I know very well, or like, you know, someone who I'm on good terms with, then it will just become very quick, very informal. But yeah, if it's someone who I'm unfamiliar with, um, yeah, I think it's fine to start with a salutation and a sign off just to like, you know, I just, it just, uh, it does feel a bit more, I guess, respectful or something, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, academia, they still retain that, that kind of formality, well, I, maybe I in a way know. that other environments don't. Well, when they have a space after the name, that's, that strikes me as too much, right? I, I'll go like, mean, space after the name? Go, like wait, hi, Tom. Hmm? Wait, 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 you say hi, wait, what do you mean by space after the name? Like if you have a line, hi, Tom, comma, line. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, I yeah, see. That's oh, too yeah, much. Yeah. I, that's too much. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> like, hi, Tom, that's the same yeah, line. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, okay. There, there are these, yeah, there are these little things like just the way they critique each other's ideas. You know, there's complaints mm-hmm. about this in economics because economics is traditionally more male. And so they'll just say you're wrong. And it was amazing. I did a political science hmm. uh, program. It's amazing how, you know, how unwilling they are to do that. Like how they are just sort of dance around. Maybe that, you know, maybe this is right. Maybe this is wrong. Like maybe this is like a different way to look at it. And it's very, it's like, it's like they are, they're all like sensitive, you know, it's sort of like they all went into academia because like the, the whole world is like too hard for them and they've evolved their sort of norms where they, uh, you know, where they just have to like always be taking into account each other's feelings. Like that's the way I felt. I felt like. Yeah. Well, you you were in political science, right? Like I, I would wonder, I mean, be, I think psychology, yeah. psychology might be even more female dominated than, than poli sci because so in psychology, we would sometimes have, um, you know, every once in a while, you know, we, we'd have like uh, um, people who were, and I can't even think of the term, but yeah, they, they come in from, from the, the department, yeah, economics departments or philosophy, you know, like we, you know, there was a, there was a postdoc uh, in my department at Cambridge who did his PhD in philosophy before he switched over to psychology. Sometimes we'd have like an, a, beha- a behavioral economist who's, you know, was a formal, formally trained as an economist, but sort of found his way into psychology. And yeah, they would say that like, yeah, economics and philosophy, which are way more male dominated than psychology, it's just like more acceptable to say that's wrong or, you know, that strikes me as false or whatever. Whereas, yeah, the the more feminine style in psychology was just like, yeah, you know, I I wondered if maybe we could possibly, you know, it was like a very sort of gentle, no one could criticize anyone directly. And yeah, I think, yeah, it would be a lot of, yeah, a lot of people have pointed out the sort of feminization of academia and how communication styles are just like, you know, there was very, very different. Uh, it was, it was hard. I mean, it was hard for me to adjust to it, but yeah, yeah, it's, there's something, yeah, it's definitely true. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk about the race thing because I, I, I think it's, you know, you write about sort of upper classes and all this other stuff. And I, you know, I think that the lower class, I think there's like a people in our sort of spa- uh, space, sort of right and right of center. Um, when they think about race and class, it's almost like, you know, I feel like there's a there is a uh, denial of like actually race does matter a lot at the bottom of American society, right? I think if you like go to like a Trump rally and you said this, I think there would be a lot of denial. And even if you went to like I don't know Chris Rufo types or I don't know about Chris Rufo specifically, but you know a lot of like intellectual conservatives, um, I think that they would deny this. Um, 
But I think race is like – when I when I went to school, it was the main divide. We didn't have many blacks, but we had just Arabs and Mexicans. And it was a big division. Like that determined like which kids hung out with who. Um, I was in the south suburbs of Chicago. You were in California. Um, was your experience the same or different? I think it was – I mean it was not like uh, – it was not colorblind. But I don't think it was that big of a deal. I don't think there's, I mean, okay, so on the right, is there a denial that in like the sort of working class or the lower class that race matters? I think it's, yeah, it's maybe glossed over a bit. Um, uh, but, you know, I think if you, if you gave, if you directly asked them, I don't know, I think a lot, a lot of, a lot of people, they, they would either ignore it because they have no contact with it, or they would maybe reluctantly say that like, you know, of course, like, some like, like I, I don't know any any like right winger who completely even even the sort of respectable genteel conservative intellectuals who say that race no longer matters in America. Like I think they would acknowledge like clearly there's you know it, it, it's still a part of our lives. Um, but where I grew up, okay, so well, I mean in high school we it was like you know probably like I want to say like maybe sixty percent white, thirty thirty percent maybe thirty five percent. Hispanic, Mexican, basically, and then like 5% black and Asian, like probably slightly more black than Asian. But it was like, you know, basically the two the two ethnic groups were white and Hispanic. Now, there were like Mexican like gangbangers on campus and like, you know, or, or like wannabe uh, gangbangers. And I like it's, I had friends in those groups, but like they weren't super close friends. Um, but then like there were like mixed, kind of like mixed race, like you would have like a mostly white group with like a couple of usually more lighter skinned Hispanic uh, kids who would be a part of that group. And that was like, those, that was like my friend group it was like, there were five, five of us. And so there was me like, you know, like two or three, uh, yeah, me. And then of the five, like a couple of light skinned Hispanic guys. And then the rest were basically like white guys. Um, and that was like, not uncommon, that kind of, you know, yeah. mixed race, but like the people within it were, you know, more, I guess, maybe white presenting in some ways, or at least like less directly tied to their, um, whatever, yeah. like, like they, they weren't maybe like super Mexican, you know? Yeah. I mean, so we, my school, I think was probably 80%, um, white, probably like probably 10% Arab, which is, you know, probably that's something you experience. Maybe 10%, maybe five set, you know, maybe 10% Mexican, something like that. Um, um, and yeah, the Arabs and the whites had sort of hostile, and there was always like one or two black kids. Like you know how like like TV shows, there would be like one black kid. We'd always have like one, and he was like the most disruptive, yeah. easily the most disruptive like person. Like we so we had, I remember these like two. Like there were two out of two were were, were disruptive, you know, uh, sort of uh, I don't know, gangbangers or wannabe gangbangers or gang adjacent or whatever. We had a few you know black girls. We had a few Indians, um, and. There was a lot of, it, it's sort of like, it, it, maybe it's just like, it's the assimilate, it's the assimilation thing. We're like, like, uh, there's a black issue in America, but there's also, um, um, Middle East, when you have Muslims, um, there seems to, that's the religious difference and you have them in numbers. It seems to divide people. So like kids would, there would be like, it's not like nobody was ever friends with anyone else, like across racial lines. They were often like, you know, they were often friendly. Um, but like, it was just, they were, there was a general sense that like these people keep with these people, these people keep with these people. And like, you know, uh, like if you have a fight, it would be like, you know, like the, person would like often side with the person of their own race and they'd call you like a race trigger if you went to the to the other side um oh interesting so yeah okay, so if there's that, enough of the group okay yeah yeah 
but then blacks, but here's, but it was South suburbs of Chicago. So there's no blacks in my school, but we were close to the city and the city border. It was, it was very interesting because the city would be the, you go to the public school, Chicago, hundred, it's like a hundred percent black. You go right to the suburb, right to the edge, because everyone would move the school district to be right outside. And there were basically no blacks in the next school district adjacent. So blacks were all around, um, like at stores and stuff, like in the area, but they were none in the school, right? So it was this very, you know, sort of strange situation. Um, and um, the, uh, but like people really did not like blacks. Like they saw them as like the people in like the south, in like the south of Chicago that like were going to rob you if you like went in the wrong direction, if you took a wrong turn. And if like somebody dated, this was a big, if someone dated, a, a, a girl dated a black guy, like that was, it was sort of You have reached the end of the free recording. To listen to the rest of the episode, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. I don't know if it's.